Today's show begins three lines from the top of Daf Ayin Zayin. You'll notice a Mishnah that appears there. Before we begin the actual text, we glance at the side where we have a no say, a topic heading, which reads, Mumin Bo'ish, if there are blemishes in the man, the husband, Ein Koifim Oisoi we don't force him to divorce his wife. This is in contrast to the sugis, the sections of Gemara that we've been dealing with recently, where if a woman develops blemishes, so the husband has the option of divorcing her. And, of course, if you're dealing with cases of blemishes that were not known to him and only discovered later, so he can divorce her and not even pay the ksuba. There are here shteideos, two opinions, mumin shahoyu bo lifnei nisuim, mumin shenoldu bo liachar nisuin. Blemishes that were there before the marriage, blemishes that appeared only after their marriage. In another area, machloikis tanoyim yimyesh lechalek bein mumim ketanim lemumin gedolim. Is there room for making a distinction between large blemishes versus small ones? Now the text. Third line from the top. Ho'ish shenoldu bo mumin. A man in whom they're developed. Noldu literally means born. means they developed, uh, they're developed in him blemishes. Ein koifen oisoi lahoitzi. We don't force him to divorce the wife. When is this the case? When you're dealing with small mumin, insignificant blemishes. But with large ones, we will force him to divorce her. Rav Yehuda's version of our Mishnah is as we read it, with the word noldu. Noldu means they developed after they had married. Chiyabar Rav Tani Hoyu. Chiyo has a different version of the Mishnah than that which is printed above, and that is Hoyu means they were there. Man Domar Noldu, according to the opinion that says or learns the Mishnah with the word Noldu, they developed after marriage, and we don't force him to divorce her. Kulshikain Hoyu, all the more so, blemishes that were there beforehand, before they got married, the Kosovra Vikibla. She was aware of them, and she accepted him that way. So, of course, we're not going to force him to divorce her. Man de Omar Hoyu, but he who learns the Mishnah, like Chiyobarav's version, that the blemishes referred to are those that were there from beforehand, and the Mishnah says, we don't force him to divorce her. Avol Noldu Lo. Not so, though, in the case of Blemishes that developed after their marriage, those were not known to her. How can she be expected to continue living with a man like that? So, in that case, we will force him to release her. Tanan. Omar B'Shimon ben Gamliel, Bamed Vomurim. This we saw in our Mishnah. When is the halacha of we don't force? B'Mumin Tanim. When you're dealing with insignificant blemishes. B'Mumin Gedoylem, but when they're large blemishes, so then we will force him to allow her to be released, to give her a get. So that 
having been cited, we now analyze the two opinions in light of this. According to the Rav Yehuda version, like we have it in our Mishnah, that the blemishes feature that we said, those are the ones that, those are uh, blemishes that developed after, developed after their marriage. On those grounds, Rav Shulam Lil can make a distinction between large ones, intolerable ones, versus the insignificant ones. So that, meaning what? That when the, the, the Tanakama spoke about, we don't force a divorce, Rav Shulam Lil say, yes, that's true, we don't force a divorce on those, on those newly arisen small mumen. But the newly arisen large mumen, we can force him to divorce her. But according to the Chiyo Barav version, that the mumen mentioned by the Tanakama were mumen that were there all the time, Mali Gedolim, Mali Ketanim, Ha What distinction is there to be made between large ones where you would say we force versus small ones where we would not force? She saw the large ones also. They were there all the time. So why would Rishulam Lil say that regarding large mumen that were there all the time, would we, the, we, we would force him to divorce her? The Gemara answers there is logic to that, and it's as follows. True, they were there from before the marriage. However, kisvura hi she thought she would be she would be able to manage living with a husband with those types of large blemishes. But as time went on, she can no longer bear it. She can't manage it anymore. She can't tolerate it anymore. And that's a reasonable claim on her part. And hence, we will insist, if, if she so desires, of course, that the husband divorce her. Now we have a Mishnah. What are the Mumin Gedolim? Nismis Aino, Nikto Yodo, Venishbura Raglo. Examples of large, of significant blemishes would be a, his eye is blinded, his leg is amputated, or his arm is broken. Itmar, Rabiabo, Bar Yankiv, Omar Abyochanan, Halochuk Shumim Leo. Ravo, Omar Ravnachmon, Halochuk Kedivri Chachomim. Now, in ruling like Rav Shumam Liel, that means a distinction will, will be made between the large women and the small ones. Ruling like the Chachamim says that under all circumstances, or under no circumstances, will we force her to divorce based on women. The Gemara asks, Would Rav Yochanan have paskined that the halacha is like Rav Shumam Liel, specifically over here? Meaning, here we'd paskin like him, leaving room to think that in other areas we wouldn't paskin, we wouldn't rule like him. Again, we quote Rabbi Yochanan, Wherever Rav appears in the Mishnah, we will follow him. And now here there are three halachas uh, that are referred to by individual phrases or words that we won't elaborate on, but just be aware that throughout the Shas, there are three areas where Shulman Leo says something, and Rabbi Yochanan would not paskin like him. So just let's go over the point again. Rabbi Abba quotes Rabbi Yochanan as saying that the halacha is of Shulman Leo. That 
leaves us with the impression that Rav that Rabbi Yochanan paskins here like Rav Shimon Leo, but in other places he wouldn't paskin like him. And yet you have this other quote of Rabbi Yochanan who says, "Well, we, wherever Rav Shimon Leo appears in the Mishnah, we will paskin like him, with three exceptions." So the Gemara explains Amoroi Ninhu Valiba Rabbi Yochanan. What we have here is a machlokas Amoroyim as to what Rabbi Yochanan really said. So according to Rabbi Barachana, Rabbi Yochanan made a sweeping statement to always paskin like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel in, when he appears in Mishnayas. According to Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Yochanan didn't make such a sweeping statement. The Elu Shekaifen Oisoy Lahotzi. Regarding the following, we will force him to divorce the wife if she should so desire. Uh, on the side of the Gemara, we have a topic heading, Mumin Shalbal Shekoifen Lahotzi. Blemishes, or we'll say problems, in a man, in a husband, that would be grounds of, the grounds for a forced divorce, where we would insist on the husband divorcing her. Just parenthetically, when we say a forced divorce, uh, one should realize that when a man uh, actually gives the divorce document to the woman, he has to do so willingly. He cannot do un- uh, he cannot do so uh, against his will. There has to be an expression of willingness on his part at the actual time of giving the divorce document. But uh, what we're referring to here is the idea of our of the courts of the rabbis pressuring him into it, putting him into a position where where he'll feel that he'll have to give it. But at the moment that he gives the divorce document, that he has to do so willingly. So we consider we continue here. The Mishnah says the elu based on the following. In other words, if the following um, occur or appear. Uh, we will force him to divorce her. Mukeshchin. Uh, we should point out that the um, most of these terms, the terms that will appear in the Mishnah, will be explained later in the Gemara. So the first one is Mukeshchin, a man who's afflicted with boils. Ubal polifus v'hamekametz v'hametzaref nechoshes v'habursi. Bursi is uh, someone associated with tanning leather. Bein shohoyu ad shalonisu whether they were there from before, before they got married, Bain, Mishinisu, Noldu, or whether they appeared after they got married. Even if they uh, were there ahead of time, uh, we can force him to divorce her, and we cannot claim that, well, didn't she know what she was getting into from the outset? The Al-Kulon, Amar Rabbi Meir, regarding all of these, Rabbi Meir said, Shehisno Imo, even though she had made a condition with him that uh, she will stick it out, though uh, she's, she knows that he has or he's in- involved with these things, she can say, I thought I would be able to uh, manage um, living with you with these things, and now I realize I cannot. She has to accept the situation. 
Now, the Chacham say that she has to accept the situation, of course, if she knew ahead of time that this is what he was, so she, she has to accept it. With the exception of a uh, husband that's afflicted with boils, there, the uh, the contact between man and wife, the intimacy will re- result in his his flesh being, uh, well, let's say, eaten away. Rashi explains Mimakso Loshon Hamek Besoro, the Posuk in Zechariah, and there the Meforshim on Hamek say No Mace. No Mace means uh, the flesh gets melted away. Maisa Betzidon, the Bursi Echod Shemes, there was a, an incident in Sidon, the name of a place, where there was a, a leather tanner that died, Vahoyo Lo Ach Bursi. And he had a brother, and here we're dealing with a situation of Yibum, where the first husband left no children. And there is a widow, and he has a brother that's also a tanner. Uh, we might point out that a person involved in t- tan, where they say the the occupation or the pr- process of tanning involves uh, very foul odors. So there is a surviving brother, also a tanner, Omru Chachomim. The Chachomim say Yechiluhi Shetomar the the widow, who's now a Yavoma, she can say, regarding my marriage to your brother, I was able to stick it out, I was able to handle it. But you, I can't accept it. In other words, there was, we can we can add a dimension of interpretation. She, there was some very special, say, uh, qualities about her first husband that enabled her to overlook his being a tanner and, and, and survive uh, that particular problem, but those qualities that were in the husband aren't present in his brother, and so she's confronted with the with the fact that he's a bursi, and that is a legitimate claim on her part, and therefore the uh, the uh, the rabbis would then insist that the uh, that the brother-in-law uh, p- participates in the chalitza ceremony, thereby releasing her to marry whomever she wants. The Mishnah mentioned, amongst other things, Baal Polyphus. Lumer asks, uh, my Baal Polyphus. On the side, by way of introduction to this section of Gemara, we simply note, Piyush Hamumim Shenizkuru B'Mishnah. Here the Gemara, in the upcoming uh, lines, will be dealing with explaining the different terms mentioned in the Mishnah. So what is a Baal Polyphus? Omar Rav Omar Shmuel. Reach hachoitem. It's a, a foul smell coming from his nose. Bamasnisotona reach In a Tanaic source, it's taught that it's bad breath. Rav Asi masni ipcha. If you notice, we had a Roman numeral number one, and now we have a Roman numeral number two, a second version of Shmuel and the Masnisa. Then Rav Asi has it taught, Masni Ibcha means he has it taught in an opposite fashion, where Shmuel talks about Reachapeh. He knows Shmuel defines Polyphus as Reachapeh, and the Masnisa as Reachachoitem. Umonach Ba Simona, and Rav Asi, in trying to enable you to remember his version, he gives you a mnemonic, and that is Shmuel Loposik Pume Mikule Pirkin. Uh, literally, means that Shmuel doesn't stop his 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 speech, his talking, his commenting. Pume literally means his mouth. Shmuel doesn't stop talking in throughout the whole parak. 
In other words, Shmuel appears in many, many sukkis throughout this parak. What's the point of this mnemonic? That is, Shmuel is associated with Peh, Reach HaPeh, and that's Rav Asi's version, that, Rav, that Shmuel is the one that interpreted Baalopolifus as Reach HaPeh. Vehamekametz, my mekametz, what is meant by that? Omar Rav Yehuda, Zeh, Hamekabetz Tsoas Klovim. This is someone whose occupation is to gather a dog dung. Meisvei, we have a source that says Mekametz Zeh Bursi. Bursi means a tanner, not a collector of dog, uh, dog feces. Uletamech, so the uh, Rav Yehuda responds to the questioner and says, according to you that are asking on me from that source, the Mishnah itself should be difficult. If you're saying that Mekametz is Bursi, well, the Mishnah says, Now, if you look at the dashed underlining, you see that Mekametz then is obviously something different than Bursi. So, the the questioner of Rav Yudah has to deal with this problem. The Gemara says, Bishlama Masnisin Lo Kashya. The Mishnah is not a quote, is not a problem for the uh, Brisa that was cited as a questioner of Yudah. Kan Bursi Godol. The Mishnah, when it speaks about a Bursi, is referring to a large Bursi. Kan Bursi Koton. The Brisa, when it says that a Makamit is a Borsi, that's a reference to a small Borsi. So that in the Mishnah, <coughs> reference is made to both kinds of tanners. A large operation, that's the Borsi. The Makamits is a small tanning operation. Elo the Rav Yehuda Kashya. But according to Rav Yehuda, who said that a Makamits is a Borsi, that is, a Makabets Soas Klovim, according to Rav Yehuda, we don't see Makamets in Tanaic sources um, associated with Soas Klovim. The Gemara responds, Tanoihi. As far as what a Makamets is, that itself is a Machlokes Tanoim. And Rav Yehuda, who's an Amora, will find someone to base his opinion on. The source says, Makamets Zeborsi, Vyeshomrim Zeha Makamets Tsoyas Klovim. So the Yesh Omrim opinion, that is a Tanaic source upon whom Rav Yehuda the Amora can be based. We take a look at Rashi. And the Rashi that we're looking at is a bit more than halfway down the Rashi commentary. This is a person who's involved with, with flattening out copper for the purpose of eventually shaping it into uh, uh, pots. And Rashi makes the main point, and that is that a chashli dudi, he is involved with something that has a very foul odor. And uh, hence the uh, the husband carries around this foul odor with him. Rabo bar bar chana omar mi'koro. Rabo's version of mitzarif nechoshis is one who mines copper from where it's found in the earth. Tanya Kavosi the Rabo Bar Barchano. We have a Bryce supporting Rabo's approach. Mitzarev Zamachatech Nechoshes Meikoro. Exactly what Rabo Barbachana said. Omarav Hoimer Aini Zon Vieni Mefarnes, a man who declares, I am not going to um, 
support my wife. I'm not going to feed her. I'm not going to provide her with her other necessities. A man who says that, Yotsi v'yiteng suba. He is to divorce her and pay her the ksuba. Also, Rebelozer, Omro, Vishmaitza, Kamei, Dishmuel. Rebelozer acted as an intermediary or as a go between, carrying, transmitting Rav's teaching to Shmuel. Omar, Shmuel, upon hearing this, said, Achsua Sairi Lelozer, feed, literally, feed a lozer barley. Let him chew on barley. Now, barley is associated, you see throughout the Shas, as animal food. And so, in we'll say in a uh, maybe in a sarcastic fashion, Shmuel is saying to Rebbe Lozer that you're an animal, that you, what you're, you're, that you are fit to eat barley, animal food. Ad instead of forcing a man like that to divorce her, force him to support her. The Rav. Now, what what's behind Rav's logic that a man who declares I'm not supporting my wife that we force him to divorce her? The answer, the Rav's logic is, Literally, a person cannot dwell with a snake in the same basket. Here you've got a husband that's expressed his antagonism, we'll say, to his wife in, in the form of, I'm not going to support you anymore. How do you expect her to live with a man like that? So that Rav does not see uh, trying to force him to support her as being a solution when you can when his attitude, when this husband's attitude toward his wife is very clear. Kisolik Rabbi Zera, Ashkechei the Rebbe Binyamin Bar Yefes. When Rabbi Zera went to Eretz Yisrael, he met Rabbi Binyamin. The Yosef Ekomar Law Mishmei the Rabbi Yochanan. He found Rabbi Zera found Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefes saying over that which Rav had said, but Rabbi Binyamin was saying it in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Omar Lay, Rabbi Zera, upon hearing, will say that that teaching, namely, So Rabbi Zera said, Regarding, Da means that, or that halacha. They fed barley to Lozer and Bavel, meaning that it was a halacha that met with objection. Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav Asi. Ein Me'asin Elolipsulos. On the side of the more under our no sour topic heading, we've written Kfia Lahotzi, forcing a man to divorce, to send away Psulos, women that are, halachically speaking, unfit. And another situation, Yolda, a man who was married to a wife. And they lived together. They were married for ten years, and she had not has not yet given birth. The issue of giving birth is associated with the mitzvah that a man has of pru revu of procreating. The diamond marking that you see in the Gemara will uh, is explained under the Mivne Shnei Lishonos Beshita Shmuel. Two versions of Shmuel, two opinions of Shmuel. Regarding a couple that were married for ten years and had no children. Now the Gemara. Omar of Yudomarav Asi Ain Me'asin This we read already, but it means we don't force a man to divorce his wife, with the exception of the case of a man married to a woman who is halachically forbidden for him to be married to. Kiamriso Kamei Omar. 
and Ravasi says that when I said over this halacha of Rav in the presence of Shmuel, so Shmuel elaborated. Kigon almona lukayin gonol ugusha lechutzu lukayin hediot mamzeres nesin Israel bas Israel lenosin mamzer. Have a list of four situations. The first is a widow who is unlawfully married to a kohen gadol. Meaning, when we say unlawfully, it means that a kohen gadol is forbidden to marry a widow. Grusha. Number two was a Grusha Chalutza, there's a divorced woman or a woman who had been released from a Yibum Ban through Chalitza, and she's married to a Kohen, to a Kohen Hedio, to a common Kohen, meaning even to a common Kohen, these types of women are forbidden and we will force him to divorce them. A Mamzeris in Asino of Israel, these are, uh, Mamzeris is an illegitimate uh, person person b- 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 born through uh, through parents that were not allowed to uh, to um, uh, b- b- cohabit with one another Nasina is a, uh, a a person in this case a woman a descendant from people that were banned to marry into the Jewish people and she did so the husband is forced to divorce her Bas Yisrael likewise a Jewish woman a regular uh, um, straightforward Jewish person married to a man that's either a Nosin or a Mamzer. We will force them apart. However, a man who's married to a wife for 10 years and she hasn't given birth, we don't force them apart. Rashi says that regarding uh, the mitzvah Priyavia, that's the low kafinon a period of Arabia. We don't force a, uh, the the separation in order for the man to fulfill that mitzvah. True, it's an important mitzvah, but we don't force people to fulfill it. Rav Tachlifa bar Avimah Marshmuel. Here's you'll see a different version. Afilu nasa ishem shayim aserushanim v'loyalda kafin oisai. That then regarding that very case, we do force him apart. We force him to divorce her. Tanan, we have a Mishnah, and it said, This is what we saw in our Mishnah, beginning of our Mishnah. So the Mishnah mentions, we'll say, forced divorces, meaning force, we force the husband, we force them apart. Bishlamah Rav Asi, Rav Asi was the, the Aleph opinion, who in presenting or should I say the first opinion, the first diamond uh, uh, presentation of Shmuel, that the couple married for 10 years, we do not force apart. The Rabbonon Kotani, oh, I, uh, I, I made a slight error there. The Rav Asi says that in the case of Psulos, we force them apart. Our Mishnah said the, the following we force apart the Mukishchin, the Baal Polifus. the Mishnah did not make mention of forcing apart a couple that are psulos, that are forbidden to marry one another. Now that could have presented a problem. The Mishnah tells you when we do force apart. How do we explain uh, Rav Asi, who says that we force apart the psulos? Why doesn't the Mishnah mention that? So, Bishlam Rav Asi, as far as Rav Asi's position is concerned, there's no problem. The Rabbonon Kotoni, the Raisa Lo Kotoni. The Mishnah is interested in featuring 
cases that, that in which we force apart where the forcing is based on pure rabbinic ruling. But things that are prohibited on a Torah level, for example, a Kohen head, you're married to a Grusha, that's forbidden on a Torah level. Those types of problems, lo kotani, our Mishnah does not deal with them. Our Mishnah deals with things that are purely rabbinic. According to Rav Tachlifa, listening, it should teach in this list, it should teach amongst those that we force apart, you see, according to Rav Asi, the issue of the Sho'imo, there's no forcing to begin with. So, of course, it doesn't belong in our mission. Our mission deals with in cases that we do force. But according to Rav Tachlifa, why isn't the case of Nosa Isha, Vishayimah, Sushan Vloyoda, why is that not taught in the list of people that we force apart? Omar of Nachman, Lokashya. There is no problem from the Mishnah on Rav Tachlifa's approach. Ha b'mili, ha b'shoti. It's true that we will force apart the couple that did not uh, bear children. You know, force apart in, in the hopes of the husband marrying someone else and bearing children. We do force apart. And yet, the, the case of forcing with regard to Puruvu, that's through convincing, through speech. The, the list of the Mishnah is dealing with shoti. Shoti means like a stick, a club, physical force. We will, we will apply physical force, if need be, in order to have him divorce the wife. So that's why the, the forced divorce for Pruvu purposes is not mentioned in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is focusing on those cases where we apply physical pressure. Maskif law Rabbi Abba. Rabbi Abba is not happy with this answer because according to this answer, the 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 forced separation of Pruvu is through speech. Yet the Posik says, Bidvoram lo Yusar Evid. to paraphrase this Posik is people don't get the message when you merely talk to them. In other words, if you want to if you want to accomplish convincing somebody you're, you're not going to do it through mere words. Now, of course, there's a lot uh, of editorializing that one might uh, do at, at this point, but for our purposes, uh, we're not going to get into that. Just realize that, the, that Rav Nachman does not take, uh, take uh, or appreciate speech and, uh, and words of, of convincing as being effective. Therefore, when Rav Tachlifa says that the Shah, the Nasi Shah we force, it's not going to be through just talking. Ella Omar Rabbi Abba. Hava Habashoti. Truth is, both both the Mishnah's list uh, and the case of the the couple, the childless couple, we will force them apart, Bishoti, with we'll call it physical means, with, with sticks. So then why isn't the case of Shah Imayasrishanvalyalda included in the Mishnah? The Gemara goes on at the top of Omid Bay's Hasam in the case of the Mishnah, Ki Umra Havinobade, where she agrees to stick it out with him. The Mishnah mentioned 
the 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 polyphus, the mechanics, all these some of these odoriferous pro, pro, uh, professions. If she says I'm going to stick it out with him, Shavkino, we let her do so. Hacha in the case of Puravu, it's different. It doesn't belong in the Mishnah because Afagav the Omra Avina Bahade, even though she declares I I want to remain with him, Lo Shavkino Lo, we will not allow her to remain with him. There's a, a point that uh, I think that uh, Rashi made earlier that we should simply make be aware of. Rashi that I'm referring to is the second to last Rashi, uh, uh, Dibra Masvil on Omid Aleph, listening Nosi Shavisha regarding Rav Tachlifa, who spoke about the couple who was childless that should be forced apart. It it's it, it should have been in our mission. The Maraisa Lo Machayev Lafuki Lafuka. The Isha On a strictly Torah level, if the woman was childless, that's not reason for sending her away. The man, from the Torah perspective, can take another wife. Polygamy is okay. Avol midarabonon komar. When uh, Rav Tachlifa says we force them apart, that's on a rabbinic level. The Chokamadi Solaha Gabe Lo Nosiv Achriti. It's uh, even before we'll say the the latter rabbinic edict of of non polygamy. In the course of time, it seems that as long as a man is married to one woman, uh, he's not going to marry another woman, or possibly another woman isn't going to want to marry him. So that it's uh, it's on a rabbinic level. If the couple, according to Rav Tachlif, if the couple is childless. They have to separate. And the, the option of simply taking another woman in practical terms is not in the cards. Now we continue with our Gemara at the top of Omid Beis. Uh, the, uh, the, we started already the Gemara at the top of Omid Beis with a resolution of why the case of Shoyim Shonim is not including the Mishnah. Because our mission is, is features those kind of Problems where the woman, upon her declaring, I will stick it out with him, we let her remain with him. As opposed to the case of Puravu, if she says, I want to remain with him, uh, we don't allow that. We insist on his divorcing her so that he'll be able to produce children. The Gemara asks, Vare Mukeshchin, the Afagav, the Omra Havino Lo Our mission, you said, represented cases where if the woman says I will stick it out with him, we let her. But Mukashchin is mentioned in the Mishnah, and we know there that even if she says she'll stick it out with him, we don't allow her. And just skipping the brackets for a moment, the Kotani, and it appears in the Mishnah. On the, uh, now let's read the brackets. We say that in the case of Mukashchin, if she says I want to stay with him, we don't let her. The man afflicted by Mukashchin, if he lives together with his wife, as husband and wife do, she will end up um, eroding his flesh. So what do we see? We see that to describe our mission as things of where she says, I want to stay with him, we let her, that's not so. Because our Mishnah mentions Mukashchin. The Gemara responds, Hosam, in the case of Mukishchin, ki amra dayarno bahadei besadi. Shafkinullah, I will live with him in the presence of witnesses, meaning the, the witnesses will 
will keep us apart, so I won't end up eroding his flesh. And we, with that declaration, that I'll live with him with witnesses, we allow her to do so. Hocha, in the case of Puravu, even if she says, basadi, I'm gonna, I'll be, I want to remain living with him in the presence of witnesses, we're not going to leave her being like that. So that the uh, Mishnah, which speaks about the cases where we force them apart, has as its list things where if she says, um, I will live with him with witnesses, we allow that to continue. And that will include the Mukishin. The case of the Puravu doesn't conform to that, doesn't figure in such a list. Because there, even if she says, I will live together with him in the presence of witnesses, we still won't allow them to continue together. Tanya, Oma Rabbi Yossi, Sochli Zokin uh, Rabbi Yossi tells us that I was once told by a by an elderly man in Jerusalem. There are twenty four different types of mukeshchin. Regarding all these different forms of being mukeshchin, the a man like that will 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 um, suffer during intimacy. You know, intimacy is is injurious to a man who is afflicted by any one of the 24 Mukashin. Ubale Rasan Kashemikulan. Bali Rasan is a, a type of ailment which is associated with a, uh, some type of um, creature that grows in, within his skull. Uh, and that is a, it's one of the types of Bali Rasan, and that's the worst of all. The Gomorrah, or I should say the uh, Markings that you see in the Gemara, the triangles, are explained on the side under the Nosei Mivne heading. So the triangles introduce Protim Al Mukishim details regarding this um, ailment or or affliction of being a Mukishim aff- afflicted by Shchin. Shchin often is translated as boils, but we don't have to commit ourselves to a translation. The Gemara asks, Mimai Have, from what does it come? A man who experiences bloodletting, one of the Talmudic um, re, uh, remedy procedures, and after he has intimacy with his wife and impregnates her, he'll have weak children. If the man and wife had had bloodletting done to them and then had intimacy, had intimacy, Havion lo bonim bale rosan, and we dashed on bale rosan. That's the reason this is quoted. We asked, "What does it come from?" So we explained bale rosan will come about through a couple, man and wife, that had bloodletting, and then uh, the woman was impregnated. Omar Rav Papa lo amoran el midi. The description of uh, bale rosan coming from the couple that had akozestam. That's that will be if they didn't eat anything. Avotoyamidi less lanba. If after bloodletting they ate something and then had intimacy, that would not be any problem. My Simone, how does one recognize someone who's afflicted uh, by this? Answer: Dolphon ene v'dayve nechire v'isele riro mipume. All kinds of emissions come from 
different orifices. His eyes will drip. His his uh, his um, His nose will be also um, liquidy, fluidy, and some type of saliva or slime will drip forth from its from his mouth. So if you see these uh, phenomena on an individual, you will know that he has been afflicted. Viramu Divi Iluya, and finally, flies are always swarming about him. Umayasute, what is the suggested remedy? Amrabaye. So now we have uh, a number of lines. I call, we call this a long point. It's all dedicated to the uh, to the remedy of uh, someone uh, afflicted with this um, called this uh, ailment called being a, a, a Bali Rasan. We're going to describe something here very dramatic. Apparently, this Bali Rasan is is uh, associated with a with some type of worm or or creature that grows within the uh, within one's skull above the the uh, brain's membrane. The, so, what is the solution? Omayasute Omra So he list. Uh, there's a list of ingredients right now. Pila the Ludna, Girdo de Goiza, the Girdo de Ashpa, the Kolomaka, Umasla Dikosunka. Those are the ingredients. How to translate them? Rashi, you'll see from time to time, gives a French translation. Uh, Philo is a type of grass. Uh, Ludna, we don't have. Rashi gives a French word for Ludna. And Girdo de Agoze is the, is the, uh, the bark. Of a of a nut tree, and girda the ashpa. There's another girsa the ashkifa. It's that which you uh, would scrape off from skins in preparing skins for whatever use you want. So there's a there's a, this, there's the material that's scraped off of that. That's called the girda the ashpa. Kolomalka is a type of plant called a chavatzeles, and maskla dediklasumka Rashi explains that. On the third narrow line, Shomer Shiesh Lahem Litmorim Bekatnusan Kein Shiesh Lagozim Bektanim. It's some type of peel that dates have when they are unripe, when they're small yet. Similar to some type of covering or shell or peel that nuts have when they're still underdeveloped. So that's the Maschalo de Diklosunka. All these ingredients mentioned, Vishalik Lu Badi then they're all boiled together. Umayal lay the base of the shisha. Then we take the patient to a a uh, base of the shisha. This is a literally a marble uh, marble walled uh, structure, a room or a, a building. The main thing is that it's a place that there's no there's no breeze, there's no wind that's felt there. The ilo eco base of the shisha, and if you don't have Access you don't have available a base of the shisha. There's an alternative. He's brought into a room that has walls that are seven and a half bricks in thickness. Now each brick was three tvachim, so it's seven times three is twenty-one plus a half is one and a half, so it'd be twenty-two and a half uh, bricks thick. Vinotil lay tlas. Mea kosi al reshe, and then they spill from this uh, the brew that we made reference to uh, just before. They spill uh, three hundred cups of this on his head. 
until his skull becomes soft, and with the skull being soft, so it's easy to cut into it, and the skull is torn open. Uh, and at that point, you'll notice the sherets, this, uh, this uh, either worm or other insect-like creature, and it has to be removed. But one thing's for sure, you can't just grab the body of this, uh, of this insect uh, and, and take it out, because what happens is, is it's, when it feels pressure being applied to its body, it automatically uh, clenches its, its feet, and it'll be clenching its feet on the fellow's uh, uh, brain membrane. And taking the creature out in that state, where it's clenching onto the membrane, it could end up tearing that what's called a krum shalmoach. And uh, if that krum shalmoach is torn, that, is, uh, that could have fatal consequences. So, what do we do in order to prevent that? So we have to coax the insect, uh, uh, coax the, the insect in such a way as follows. Umaisi arba tirvi da'asa. You bring four myrtle branch leaves from the, the hadas branch that we're familiar with from sukkah. You take four leaves from that. Umadli kochad karo umoisiv chad. And you say coax the creature to lift its leg on, uh, lift the, its own leg and place it down on the leaf so that you'll have, uh, in effect, the four um, insect legs are placed each one on a separate myrtle leaf. And once the creature is no longer uh, clinging to the membrane itself, but rather it's standing on these leaves, and then you remove the this sherets with a, uh, a tweezers or a tongs. Tzafsa is a type of tweezer, tong-like vessel, which enables you to lift the creature up. And once you do that, the koli lay, and then you burn that sherets. The ilo, if you don't burn that sherets, Hader Iluya, he will return. Machris Rav Yochanan, Rav Yochanan made an announcement. He said, "Hizaru mivzuvi shel rosan." Be careful to not have any contact with the flies that uh, that congregate around the Bale rosan. Rabbi Zero. Now, a few comments regarding the. Uh, the Bali Rosan, Rabbi Zera Lohava Yosef Bezike. Rabbi Zera would not sit in in the in, in the breeze blowing over a Bali Rosan. Rashi says the second line from the bottom, Bezike, the Mokum Shitinoshe Vuach Achas Al Shnam. He does Rabbi Zera would avoid being in a place that when the wind would blow, that one wind would cover would, would blow across the Bali Rosan and himself. Rebelozar lo ayel bale. Rebelozar would not enter a, a, oil, a, a, literally a tent, could be a room, a sanctuary in which a Bali Rosan was present. Rabami, Ravasi lo havu achli mi dahi mavua. They would not even eat from the eggs coming from the same alleyway in which a Bali Rosan was dwelling. So you can see up till now we had several comments, four comments as to how one should avoid the Bale Rosan. In stark contrast to that, 
we see a uh, an amazing story featuring Reb Shuben Levi on the side of the Gemara under our Nosei Mivneheding. We feature a diamond. They, the diamond highlights the names of Shuben Levi, and later Reb Chanina Bar Popa. Meisim Shel Mivgash Im Malach It's very very dramatic Gemara. You'll see these rabbis encounter the angel of death. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, uh, do, do note, of course, that we also have a long marking called Long Misa, which, uh, which encompasses both incidents, both stories. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Mishrach Behu, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, in stark contrast to all the um, words of counsel, the aces that were given till now, he did the opposite. He, he cleaved unto them. He embraced them. The Osik B'Torah, he is embracing of them, was while he was studying Torah. Rashi says, Rashi appears in two columns. So in the, in the outside column, Rashi says, Nidbak Etzlom, Bishal Sha'osik B'Torah, Moshivon Etzlo, Muftochu Shetogain, HaTorah Olav, Olo Yuzak. That while he was learning Torah, he would learn, possibly teach the Balei Rosan, very in close proximity, and he was he was of belief or um, experienced a feeling of security that the Torah that he's learning will be a source of protection that he won't suffer from them. And the Gemara explains that very point now. Omar, Rabbi Shubin Levi reasoned, he said, Regarding the Torah, this Pasuk is stated, If the Torah is capable of enable, of, of creating a sense of grace, uh, pleasure and grace, uh, a sort of like aura over, such an, of, over an individual that learns Torah, Aguni lo magna, would the Torah not protect the individual. This expression appears uh, here and also in the upcoming story. That's why we marked it off. It's an expression that means when he was about to die, when his time for parting from this world came. They, could be the heavenly court, told the angel of death, go fulfill his request. This is a a common uh, idea or practice that people on death row, for example, they're granted their last wish. So that idea is what is referred to here by the Gemara. He's about to die. Give him a wish. Give him a, a chance to fill a desire of his. Also, is Chazi Levi. Malach went and appeared to Rabbi Shuban Levi. Omalei, Rabbi Shuban Levi says, Achvili duchtoi. I want you to show me where I will be in Gan Eden, in the uh, the world of uh, of we we'll call it the heavenly world, where people after their uh, sojourn in this world end up, Gan Eden. I want you to show me where I will be in that place. Omar lei So the Mahavad says, "Fine, yes, I will do that." Omar lei. So Rabbi Shuban Levi says, "Havli sakinoch." Mahavad had a special knife through which he uh, took people's souls. I want you to give me that knife. Dilma mivasis li ba'urcha. Since otherwise you might frighten me on the way. 
the uh, Gemara tells us that Yohava Nihalei, uh, the Malach HaMavis, cooperated, gave him the knife. Kimotolahasam Dalia Komachvile. When they got to the entrance to Gan Eden, for imagery purposes, just imagine the place was surrounded by a wall. So Machameves Dalia means raised. Rav picked him up and showed him where he will be. Well, with with that having been done, he took advantage of the opportunity. Shovar Shovar means Rav He jumped. Shovar is to jump. Nofalu Gisa. He jumped over the wall into Gan Eden. Uh, here, here is a an illustration of someone who seems to have entered the the world to come without experiencing death. Nakte bekarna deglime. Malchamav has grabbed the corner of Rabbi Shulman Levi's cloak. Omar Lei, Rabbi Shulman Levi says, "Bishvasu I swear, I'm not coming back. Omar Kutshubrichu, the Almighty intervenes at this point and says, That means if, if you have ever taken an oath and had the oath rescinded, then you've got to go back. But if not, if you're a man that's taken oaths and always kept those oaths, never canceled them, then here you took an oath, you don't have to go back. Omar Lay, so the Malachomavis in desperation says, Havli Sakinoi, give me my knife, you got my knife, I need that. Lo have Koyohiv Lay. Rabbi Shumalevi refused to give it to him. Nofat Bas Kolov Yomrolay, a heavenly voice came out and instructed, Hav Nihalei de Misba Lebraisa. You have to give him his knife, he needs it for the creatures, meaning for people. He has he has a job to do. The Malachomavis takes people uh, uh, he is uh, the one that uh, is responsible for uh, their death. He needs the knife for that. Machriz Elio Kamei, Elio, the prophet Elio announces, Panu Mokum the Barley Voy, Panu Mokum the Barley Voy. Make room for Barley Voy, it's Ben Levi, it's Rabbi Shuban Levi. Make room for Rabbi Shuban Ben Levi. Ozal Ashkechei, Rabbi Shuban Ben Yechoi, Davi Yosef Atlas Osar Taktiki Pisa. Rabbi Shimon Levi found Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi there in the in Gan Eden, in Paradise, sitting on thirteen taktiki on thirteen stools, I guess like a pile of chairs, if you will, each one made of gold, one piled on the other. Um, maybe we should have issued a disclaimer before this section of more, but uh, it's not too late. Realize that what we're learning now. Um, whether or not it should be taken literally is, is highly questionable. Uh, these are very, very esoteric areas. The, the way of our sages is to present, we'll say, the, we'll pr- 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 to present very holy, um, deep ideas in, in um, simplistic type imagery, uh, thereby, in effect, hiding the deeper meaning, which is revealed to those that are capable of understanding these things through uh, through intense study and association with people who actually know the secret to these Gemaras. But Gemara markings, as I'm sure everyone is well aware, is uh, not um, in- engaged in that level of understanding. It will suffice for us to present the translation as we have been doing. So, we continue. Omar Lay. 
Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi says, Atu Bar Livoi, are you Rabbi Shimon Levi? In other words, in, in, in that world, it was known about this great man, Rabbi Shimon Ben Levi. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi says to him, are you that one that, that we've heard about? I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm him. Uh, I am he. So Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi asks, well, Nira saw Keshes Biyamecha? Throughout your lifetime, was a rainbow ever seen? Amarle, hey, yes. Now one should be aware that the rainbow is a sign that the Almighty will not destroy His world. In other words, a it's a it's a situation where the Almighty would, let's say, have have pretense for destroying the world, but He made an agreement at the conclusion of the flood in the time of Noah, that he won't do that anymore. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi asks him, in your time was a rainbow visible? And he says, yes. Well then, Im Kain, Bar Levoi. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi says back then, you're not Rabbi Shimon Levi. Rashi points out that if in the generation there is a tzadik gomor, a complete a completely righteous individual, there's no need for that sign. The, the fact that the Tzadik Gomer is present in the world, the Almighty wouldn't have even a, a thought to, to uh, uh, destroy the world. In other words, it's, it's, it's like saying, on a, very, on, a very simplistic, on a very simplistic level, it's as if, it's, it's like saying that when you have a Tzadik in the generation, a Tzadik Gomer, the Almighty doesn't need any reminder not to destroy the world. So, if a, if a rainbow was, was, uh, was visible, it's called a keshes in Hebrew, if it was visible in your lifetime, then it's, it's a sure sign that you're not a tzadik gomor. You can't be Rabbi Yishul ben Levi. The Gemara says, Velohi, it's not true. It really was Rabbi Yishul ben Levi. And why then did he say what he did uh, when, when asked about the keshes? Uh, he said, yeah, one was visible. The, lo, the truth is, the low havoi midi. There was no no keshes in his lifetime. El sovar the low achzik tivusu He didn't want to have uh, a, a situation of of uh, people owe, uh, uh, a sense of debt owed to him because he was there preventing the keshes. That his presence in the generation is what really sustained the world. He didn't want that. It's called machzik tivusu uh, creating a, a feeling that people owe him something, so therefore he made it as if as if uh, uh, the rainbow was visible, and that he is not the tzaddik gomer, which in fact he was. And now another story: Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa, Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa was a very close friend of the Malachamovas of the Angel of Death. When his time to uh, die arrived. Omru le lemalach amovazil ovid le ruse. Same thing that we saw above. Go do his will, his last will. Pro- uh, provide for him his last request. Also legabe vischazile. The malach amovaz appears to Rabbi Chanina. Omar le Rabbi Chanina says shavki talsin yoim. Leave me for another thirty days. Adnad tamudoi. Uh, giving me enough time to review my Torah learning. The Amri, it has been said, it is said, Ashrei Misha Balatan Vitamudo Biodo. Fortunate is the one who comes here, meaning to the, to the afterlife, 
with his learning in his hand, meaning with um, with fluency in his learning. Shavke, so the Malachamov has granted that request. The Bosatal Sinyoimen, after thirty days, Ozal is Chazile, the Malachamov appears again to Rebichini Bar Popa. Omale, Rebichinia says, Achvili Duchtoi, I want you to show me where I will be in Gan Eden. Omale, Lechai, fine, I will. Omale, Havli Sakinoch, Dilma Mavasili Burcha, give me your knife, for without which I am afraid you will you will instill fear upon me. Omar Lay, so the Malchamavas says, I think I've heard this before. He says, Kechavroch Boyes Lemevali, do you plan to do like your friend did to me? A reference to Rabbi Shua ben Levi. Omar Lay, so Rabbi Chanino says, I see Sefer Torah Vachosi Miiko Midi Dechsiv Be the Lokiamte. Bring a Sefer Torah and you show me if there's anything in this, in the Sefer Torah, if there's anything in, in Torah law that is stated that I have not fulfilled. In other words, uh, if, if you uh, did so for Rabbi Shua ben Levi, then you should do the same for me. I'm like him. Omar Lei. The Malchum says, well, are you really like him? Did you embrace the Bali Rosan and learn Torah with them? That you can see the practice of Shum Levi put him one cut above everybody else. And even so, even though maybe he, uh, Rabbi Chanir Bar didn't do that, when he died, there was a, a pillar of, of fire that emerged and, and stood between him, between his body and the rest of the assembled. And they couldn't, they couldn't draw unto him to, to care for him, to, uh, to eulogize him. And we have a tradition that this phenomenon of this pillar of fire doesn't appear other than to one or two in any generation. So he was obviously a very great man. Korav Legabe, Rebbe Alexandri. Rebbe Alexandri drew near to this. Omar Asay Bishvil Kvod Chachomim. So he's like appealing to the to the uh, the spirit of uh, Rabbi Chalino Bar Popa possibly, and saying, I, "Get move this pillar of fire away, so we can." We can tend to you as, as, as out of honor to the to the chachamim. Lo ashkech, he paid no attention. Do for the honor of your father. Lo ashkech, he didn't heed that either. Do so out of honor to yourself. In other words, that we should be able to draw unto you, eulogize you properly, and bury you properly. Istalik. So the amuda denura uh, departed. Omar Abaye. This um, Abaye addresses this particular pillar of fire. What was it? It was there. It was there uh, to keep away uh, anyone who was not Mikhaim all of the Torah, like he was. That's Lafuki Miman Delo Kiem. 
uh, Rashi explains, Omar Abayla Fuki Mandel Kim Amudze Bola Hotsi Melov Mishlo Kim is Kolatoro Kemoshi Kim Hu. It was there to keep away people that were not on the same uh, spiritual level and, and Torah fulfillment as he was. Omale Rav Ado Bar Matano, we continue in the Gemara. La Fuke Mimor Rav Ada says to Abaye, he says, yeah, that uh, that pillar is there to keep you away, the low isle Michael Igre. You don't have a proper fence that the Torah requires around one's roof. One's flat roof without a fence around it is actually quite dangerous. People could fall off. And you are you don't fulfill that. The low he says, that's not true. Abaye had a uh, fence around his roof as the Torah requires. Ah, so why did Ravada say that? By he shaita who dishajizik at that point, at that moment, uh, I guess the moment that Ravada was walking by Abai's house, there a wind had blown and, and knocked it down. So that's why Ravada thought that Abai didn't have a mica. Omar Rabbi Chanino Ma Ain Bale Rosan Babavel. Why in Babylonia do we not hear of Bali Rosan? Why are there no Bali Rosan there? They Shaikhlin Tradin, because they eat this kind of vegetation called Tradin. The Shaisin Shekha Shulhizmi. Shekha is beer, it's called we'll call it they they, they drink Hizmi beer. Omar Rabbi Yochanan, they ma ain mitsoroyan babovel. Why do we know that there are no mitsoroyan in Bavel? Tsaras, it's a uh, a skin affliction that we see the Torah refers to uh, in Parshas Tazria, Parshas, uh, par- primarily in Parshas Tazria. Why are there no Mitzorayin in Bovel? Like the two things we just saw regarding the Bali, the, we'll say the, the antidote or the, the, uh, the method of, of avoiding Bali Rosan. Here too, the first two elements are similar. They trade in, they drink beer. And they bathe in the waters of the Poras River. As you can see, we were uh, we uh, were to complete the seventh parak of Ksubas. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.